It is Friday, October 6th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Ploop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. And before we get you all set for the divisional round of the playoffs, I want to make sure that you know you can celebrate the baseball playoffs of the finest thanks to SeatGeek, the official ticket dudes of MLB baseball. They're giving you 10% off your next purchase with the code JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. That's all caps. It's all one word, JOHNBOYPOSTSEASON. If you've used a code before at SeatGeek, it doesn't matter. You're allowed to right here. And you don't have to use the code for baseball playoff tickets. You can use it for the NFL, college football, concerts, whatever you want to do. But just go download the app right now on your phone and use that code and save some cash. In addition, we've got our SeatGeek question of the week coming up later in the show. Awesome questions out there. Thank you very much. If you are the lucky winner, you're going to get $1,000 in credit to use on that SeatGeek app, which is awesome. And with that, I say, Trevor Plouffe, happy division round Eve. Yes. No, I'm excited. This is, uh, I think we got some really, really good mm-hmm. matchups in the DS. I think there's a lot of great storylines. We're going to go over a bunch of them here. Uh, but the second day in a row without baseball in the playoffs just seems <laughs> weird to me. Yeah. So I'm excited to get everything started tomorrow. I have an 8 a.m. Uh, like youth game mm-hmm. to kick things off for Saturday. Uh, and then I'll be plopped on my couch watching all the games. Well, I've got a, a bar mitzvah, uh, the last nice. child of a of dear friends of ours. And I will be watching the game during his hop Torah. It's okay, Max. I still love you, buddy. What's the hop Torah? Hop Torah is the uh, reading from the Torah. Mm. That okay, do. that makes that's sense. The, yeah, that's the big part where you then become a man. Yeah. yeah. Big deal. Uh, very quick tip of the cap. I know this video was floating around, but let's do it from the other night in Philly. The guy in the outfield apparently purchased $4,500 worth of beer for an entire section. That's awesome to do for total strangers. And it's not charity. This is these are these are people who are just keep filling their bellies. That's pretty cool, I thought. Who bought it? This is like a anonymous dude or what? I, I can't find it. I mean, maybe somebody in our amp chat knows who it is or can leave it. Forty five hundred. Our... So he bought he bought forty five beers for everybody in the stands. That's nice. <laughs> if you no, this is great, dude. Seriously, I mean, if you're in that section and all of a sudden you get a free beer coming your way, and yeah. man, this is Philadelphia, we're talking about people. Yeah. They don't turn down free beers there. So this is uh this is special, man. Between this and 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 John Middleton just running around throwing baseballs in the stands, I love it. This is this this is entertainment. This is what we're trying right. to tell people all year long. Like, throw your batting gloves in the stands, throw a few balls in the stands. Like, let's get the people entertained because in the end, that's what we are as a sport. It's entertainment. This is awesome. by the way, what is the dude, the beer delivery guy get? $500 tip? $1,000 tip? Great, great question. I think they go, like, I think there's some, some sort of commission-based sales, so that guy is like... Oh, good for him. Let's go, That's baby. awesome. Good. All right, let's get to it. We start the divisional round with the Philadelphia Phillies, who are at Atlanta, second straight year in the NLDS. How confident are you that Philly can pull off the upset yet again? I go back and forth on this because I do have Philly in the World Series. I think they're somewhat of a i don't want to say team of destiny uh but there's just that feel to that clubhouse and 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 that roster that they have i i feel like bryce harper um is going to go to multiple world series throughout his career this will be a, a chance for him to do that uh, or you know continue to do that um 
so I, I'm confident. The, the problem is, is you're looking at the Atlanta Braves, who really, I mean, I read something the other day. They had the same weighted runs created plus as the 1927 Yankees. Like that's that a true exactly stat. Right. That's the one team that they that they like talk about when you say <laughs> when you're trying to make a point about an offense. Or like how bad, like they're down to the 1927 Yankees. Now you can say the 2023 Braves, that's nuts to me. So like they stand in the way. And then probably the Dodgers stand in the way of the World Series. But there's just something about this team. Um, the clubhouse is so tight. They they love playing in big games. They don't care about the regular season. Uh, how confident am I? I'll give you a percentage, C. Rosie. Like sixty five percent confident Whoa. they'll get past the Braves. Yeah, like I think that it's better than fifty fifty for me. Wow, I'm bad that... at. Hold on, time out. I'm bad at percentages because every time I give out a percentage, you say it's a big number. I think that like they have in my mind a little bit better than 50, 50 shot to win this thing. You just made them the favorite. I picked them to go to the World Series. How okay, can I have good. Them the favorites? Let's stay with it. So Philly okay. fan, here's the good news. Last year, the Braves had 14 more wins than you did in the regular same. season. Same, same. Same thing this year. The good news is the Braves won more than 100 games last year. Same. Last year, the Braves had injuries in their starting rotation when they faced you. Last year was Strider with the oblique. This year, no Morton and Freed coming off the finger issue. Same. So it's all set up there. Like, if you believe in that juju stuff, there it is. Here's the problem. <laughs> One of here's a bunch of the problems. The Braves scored 146 first inning runs this year. That is the second most in the expansion era. 14 times this year they scored at least four runs in their opening frame. 14 times. That means they're not just getting a you know, Acuna gets a single, steals a base, moves to third on a ground ball and scores on a sack fly. That means dudes are in motion around those bases. And they can set the tone. And you don't think that that truest park is going to be rocking. And they keep saying, well, Rose, you're the one that says Philadelphia is one of the few home field advantages in baseball. We'll show you what that means. Like, I could see that place just jumping alive on Saturday. I could see it. Plus, the likely game one starter for Philly, Ranger Suarez, an ERA of almost five in the first this year. Second worst inning for him all season long. That could be a real, real problem. But... All that being said, we're talking about the regular season. I know. It That's all I can talk about. You, I know. It's crazy, though, because I, I agree with you. Like, if you're just looking at this on paper, sure, you can make some arguments for the Phillies, but I think most people would say, yes, the Braves the Braves should win every game. If I you know. really just look at them on paper. But, you know, it is baseball, and there is – mystique and there is you know there is such a thing as momentum and there is such a thing as memory from last year i mean you just mentioned all those things are the same from last year and then what happened in the playoffs the phillies beat them in four games in the yes. ds I, I, so I'm not it is entirely shock proof if it happens but i there's no way i could grade it out at 65 percent. i don't yeah i'm sorry i'm bad at percentages you don't have to this. be sorry i i, I think I mean, I would love to see the Braves just run it and get to the post. I, I'd love to see peak Braves in the playoffs and just watch this team go off and do their thing because they're that talented. Uh, but just, there's just something in my mind that says it's like the Phillies year. Could be. Could be. Uh, quick question follow-up about this series. Lots of stars all over the place. Which one will shine brightest? 
Trey Turner's my guy, man. I think it's going to be his year. I think he's going to bookend it. He's going to start it off with, you know, Team USA and the WBC shining there. And I think he's going to come alive uh, in the playoffs and kind of lead this team from August 1st to the end of the season. He won dotted it, Chris. You know, we started, he started off really slow. Uh, 317, 371, 629. One on the nose, one dotted it from August 1st on. I, I just, He's my favorite player in the big league. So I, I root for him a lot, but the numbers supported as well. So I'm going Trey Turner. Yeah, it's a good good choice. Uh, I am not going to screw up the simple stuff here. Ronald Acuna. And as I did a little more deeper dive into this, when facing Phillies pitchers that are going to be on the playoff roster, most likely a 940 career OPS, four homers each against Wheeler and Nola. And most importantly, they have to pitch to him. They have to pitch to him because if they walk him, it could be a double or a triple out of the gate. Or if they walk him, Ozzy Albies can click you. And if not him, Austin Riley. And if not him, Matt Olson. You, this cannot be Barry Bonds from 20-plus years ago where you're like, ah, we'll let somebody else beat us. Because if you make that mistake, somebody else will beat you in this lineup. Uh, you know about the stolen bases. I'm very curious about that because you got JT Arumoto behind the plate, who's got mm -hmm. one of the fastest pop times in the big mm -hmm. leagues. Then you also have a pitching staff that was really bad at holding runners. And Rob Thompson made it a point to have a meeting about holding runners. So, like, we'll see if that comes into play. Like, are we going to see each time Acuna gets on base, are they going to continue to pick? How many holds is there going to be? Like, they're going to have to try to do something. Are we going to see pitch outs from Rob Thompson? Like, hmm. something is going to happen to combat that because, you, like you said, you can't just let Acuna get on base and then take two bases right in front of you. So, like, they're going to have to do something. That's going to be an interesting part of the series. Okay, another intra-divisional matchup in the divisional round in the National League. You got the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Because of the way the schedule lays out with off days between games one and two and then – four and five does Arizona actually have the starting pitching edge it's possible it's possible because they are going to get to have Kelly and Gallant the four of the five games one two right. four five is the correct math right I believe yep so I mean those are your two best pitchers right there and you're you're getting them to throw four out of the five games you only need to win three of them so you feel pretty confident in that regard going just starting pitching matching up on the LA side it's Mr. Been There Done That Clayton Kershaw will get two starts in this series. And then Bobby Miller, we'll see how he does. I'm a big fan of Bobby Miller. So I, I think that if we just went, you know, Bobby Miller, Clayton Kershaw versus Zach Gallen and uh, Merrill Kelly, I think I, I think I would lean Arizona Diamondbacks in that situation, but mm. it's, I don't think it's that far out there. I don't think they're winning by a lot. Um, what the Dodgers and the uh, Diamondbacks both have, we're just going full uh, rotation or full pitching staffs now is both bullpens like really turned it on there it did. Uh, at the end of the year. So I think it's going to be more of that in this series. Like the starting pitchers will definitely have an impact and, and the Diamondbacks will surely hope that Gallon and Kelly kind of go deep in the games to kind of shelter their bullpen a little bit. I think the Dodgers are going to be way more aggressive with their bullpen. We're going to see more of the bullpen. Um, <clears throat> and that's going to be by design instead of by necessity. So you know what? I will say, yeah, I think that starting pitchers alone, I think that we could say that Arizona has a slight advantage. I'll, I'll go there. They definitely are feeling good because far and away, their two best starting pitchers is they tried to rotate a bunch of guys in slots three, four, and five 
throughout the year. They know that they're confident that their two best guys are are going. The bad news is they're going against the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Merrill Kelly in 16 appearances against the Dodgers is 0-11. I'm going to repeat that. 16 appearances against the team. He hasn't won one time. 0-11. Winless in four starts this year. A whip near two. Somehow he had an ERA under four. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Zach Gallen, 11 starts against the Dodgers. He is one and four. So your two studs are possibly facing their kryptonite. So I can't give the edge to Arizona, even though it feels like because of the off days and the way that they swept Milwaukee, that they've got a great shot. What are Gallon's numbers, though? I don't want to hear win-loss record because that, that could mean a, a ton of different things. I forgot to write it down last night, but it wasn't great. You can't go by win-loss record. I don't, no, I, don't I know you can't. I know you can't. But well, hold on here. 16 starts against the team. You haven't won one fucking time. Yeah, I mean, that means your that means look, your offense probably didn't show up in about I don't know, 10 of those games versus the Dodgers if I had he to doesn't guess. Doesn't have a he doesn't have good numbers against them. There's no way okay. to spin this. You're not, you're not I agree. I, I looked at Maricola's number. I I understand that, you know, I just you know, it's the playoffs. Things can right. change. I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, Oh, I just asked the question and Diamondbacks fans up a little bit here. No, no, but they know that. This isn't anything that they're they're not going to open up uh, a website today and be like, wow, really? Like they know this going in, <laughs> yeah. but they still feel good because those are the far and away. It's the best two best chance. They got. Yeah, it's the best the chance best they fan. got 100%. What Definitely. are you, are you, are you going to say that? Would you rather have, let's say no. offenses are the exact same. We're not talking about, you know, Which what the Dodgers not. have versus but what okay. the Dodgers have. You're just going straight up same offenses against each other. You're still going Dodgers. Yes, in part because I think the Dodgers are going to employ a plan with their young pitchers. Those aren't guys that are just going to throw an inning. Those are guys yeah. like Lance Lynn might get that third game, might not. But whatever it is, it's going to be once through the lineup if somehow he makes it through and then see it, hit the road. Like it's going to be Jose Barrios, I'll clock out at 47 pitches. And then they're going to come in with their younger guys, right? Like they're going to get guys who can throw multiple innings out of their bullpen. They did it with Dustin May a few years ago. And I expect and you know them... what happens. I'm I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here a little uh-huh. bit because I think the Dodgers are gonna win this series. Uh you know, look at you're talking about young guys in the postseason. Well, I know, but Arizona's got a bunch of those too. I know too. I'm trying. I'm all trying, right. Arizona. <laughs> give me a give me a quick answer on this one. Dodgers have uh guys with rings all over the field, whether it's from their organization or a different organization. Give me one player not named Mookie or Freddie that needs to play the biggest role. Uh, well, Will Smith, because against these two pitchers, uh, against Zach Gallon, he's uh, six for sixteen. He's got a nine seventy four OPS against him, and against Merrill Kelly, he's actually the guy he's faced the most in his big league career as far as at bats, and he's ten for thirty one for an eight seventy three OPS. Uh, Will Smith is. He's, I mean, he is a superstar, but like one that people don't know if that makes sense. I, I can't qualify him as a superstar. He's a great player. To me, I mean, go ahead and tell me. Uh, okay. If I went up to Michelle right now and said, who's Will Smith? She'd well, that's like, not fair because his name I is messed up. Him dude. <laughs> in Men in Black. He was great. I didn't like but what he did Chris, at the Academy Awards, but what? Chris, who are, the, are, are there any superstar catchers then? Is Adley Rush no. a superstar? Not yet. I mean, he's 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 getting there. But you Go have look to at Will Smith's numbers, bit. bro. I as a numbers guy, absolutely. He's a fantastic player, but I am hard on 
right, handing fine. out the mantra superstar. That's all. Okay. He's a superstar. Catcher. Maybe in your world it is. And I can I can respect that, but not okay. in my world. Um, I I narrowed it down to two. So you tell me, do you want me to go with number one choice or number two choice? I want both because that's fine. Just do it quick. Oh, you like it. J.D. Martinez drove in .91 runs per game. I know people aren't big on the RBI, but damn, he was awesome. He's got a career 987 OPS in the playoffs. Mac Mun- Max Muncy, OPS in the playoffs, near 900, 10 homers in 43 games. Big lefty stick in the middle of that lineup against predominantly right-handed pitching. He is going to see Mantiply. He's going to see the lefty out of Indiana, but he might get a huge hit here or there. So it's going to be interesting, fun stuff. Okay. That's simple. All right. You've heard me uh, talk a little bit about this, and it is time to, once again, put this in your brain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we feel like we're at a little bit of a loss, right? It could be our job. It could be relationships with significant others. It could be relationships with friends. It could be relationships with your boss, whatever it is. There are times your brain is tied in knots and you don't know exactly what to do. Therapy helps you figure out really what is holding you back. So you can work on yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I have told you this countless times. I have been in and out of therapy ever since I was a little kid. There wasn't one specific incident that led me to go there. My parents always felt like it was important to go talk to somebody outside of the family household about whatever transpired in my life, and it has helped me navigate my way through uh, as I have become eventually a husband and a father. There are different obstacles that get in the way of finding supreme happiness, so you need to do that for yourself. And BetterHelp is an amazing opportunity for you to do it. Why? It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited for your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a very brief questionnaire. You'll get matched up with a licensed therapist. Here's the nice thing. If you have a session, you're like, okay, that didn't go great. We didn't really click. You can switch at any time. There's no additional charge. There's no hard feelings. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash baseball today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash baseball today. We continue on moving over to the American League. Twins at Astros. First of all, word on Hector Neris is that there will not be a suspension uh, after he charged after J-Rod. He is going to get fined, it sounds like, but he's off the hook. He'll be available. Houston trying to get to their seventh straight ALCS. Why will Minnesota make it so tough on the champs? Have you watched him play? Mm-hmm. I mean, this team is very, very good. I mean, it doesn't matter who they play. You could put the Braves in front of this Twins team. They're going to give them a, you know, a run. I mean, you know, highly we talked about this, the 1927 Braves. I think the difference here is the Astros are usually the team that's just complete. It kind of has everything going for them. I think the Twins are the exact same way right now, and they're just getting hot at the right time. So I, I, there's so many things that, you can point to on the roster. You can point to, you know, I. this is what I love about the Twins and why I think they're going to be successful in the postseason is because of the way that Rocco has managed them the entire year is platooning like quickly or, or like matchup advantages quickly. Like he's been pinch hitting. He, I think they had the third most pinch hits in all of baseball this year and he does it. So the guys are like ready for it. They're used to it. 
they're not on the bench and all of a sudden, oh, shoot, I got to pinch hit. Like, I don't really have my routine down. If you're not starting in Rocco's lineup, like you're going to get in at some point. So they have their routines down in the postseason that gets, you know, amplified. And I think because of that, you know, the twins are just not going to find themselves in any situations where it feels foreign to them. Uh, They went into Houston and won a series this year. They actually won the season series, I believe four to two, a bunch of young guys who don't really care about where you go what you do, they're just like the, the bright lights are still there. They just want to go out and have fun playing baseball. I think you need some of that um, along with a guy like Carlos Correa who can, you know, in times where they do get a little bit of, um, you know, out of their lane, like he's a guy that can step up and, and and kind of tell guys, this is what you have to do to get back to what you do best. So I don't know, man, you can talk about the matchups on paper. Like I think the twins matchup, you know, starting pitching, offense, defense, bullpen, they match up with anybody. So I think it's going to be a very, very tough test for the Astros. I actually have the Twins winning this series. I don't know if we've gone over that yet, but I have the Twins winning this series. I, I, I think they're, I think the Twins are one of the most complete teams in baseball right now. So that's why it's going to be difficult for the Astros. So the Twins won four of six regular season meetings, but they haven't played each other since the end of May. More importantly, they have not faced Verlander, Fromber, or Javier in kind of a little bit of a scheduling quirk. So the three guys they might get, they didn't face Framber this year. They did not. They it's, didn't. It's been last year. I was in. I was in the booth for that. Maybe it was last year, two thousand twenty-two. Okay. So that's gonna. That's to me the most interesting part of this. Um, don't look at Verlander stats versus the Twins. Twins fans, don't don't do that. Yeah, though they're don't, they're don't brutal. You're right. They're brutal. <laughs> so here's your weird stat of the day. Houston became the first division champion to have a losing record at home since the 01 Braves. Did you know that they went 39 and 42 at home this year? I, I did. I did. Yeah, it's crazy. And that place has usually been rocking, particularly during the divisional round, where they have won 11 straight home games dating back to 2017. If Minnesota can get through that, like, wasn't it last year where Verlander got his balls kicked in by the Mariners in game one? And then Jordan had to save their ass at the end of the game, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what Minnesota has to do, except they have to hang on to the lead this time, right? Seattle is this close to upending them. They went 18 innings in a one nothing game and almost beat them. They almost beat them in game one, but almost doesn't count. Almost, You have to finish the champs off. Having Carlos Correa on the team as well, a guy that's been in the other clubhouse and mm-hmm. can just be like, hey, guys, don't worry about them. This is why we can beat them. And like having him in particular, like there for these guys, because it is, I don't care what the record is uh, in Houston. Going in there is daunting. Facing that Astros team that has been to six straight ALCS is, is daunting. Been there, done that. The twins are like, dude, we just we just got to the party. You guys have been here. For seven years, having Carlos Correa there as like your big bro. Like I know when I went to parties with my big bro, I sure as hell felt safe. He's mm-hmm. going to protect me. I feel the same way about Carlos Correa Fair. in this series, man. Well, you know what? Let's let's spin that to the Houston side of things as Correa comes to town. Here's Dusty Baker. Yeah, I can't brag on him too much. You know, he's one of mine and my wife's favorite players. We're not playing Carlos. We're playing the Twins. But just... Be glad to see Carlos. I thought that meant a lot. I thought that was kind of cool from Dusty. But, I mean, he's the coolest cat in the sport, so why not? 
you know? Yeah. And I mean, Carlos is obviously going to play a huge role uh, in this series. He played a huge role in the series against Toronto. And what I've said about him all season long is um, it doesn't matter what he's doing offensively. It doesn't affect his defense, which I think is a, a special trait. Now twins obviously are hoping that he, you know, turns it on offensively and kind of becomes that, that postseason guy that he's always been. Um, but if you can impact the ball on both sides, even when or one side if the other side isn't working, and then still have that presence in the clubhouse, yeah, he's going to play such a massive part. And I'm curious. I'm curious about the reaction that he gets in Houston. He'll get booed. He should. It's the playoffs. It's he the playoffs. Things are a little different in the playoffs. Yeah, he should get booed. I hope you think they he's going to get I mean, booed, though? Yes, he should. He should get booed. And I think it'll juice him up beyond belief. Yeah, I think that's. I can't yeah, wait. I, I, I agree. I don't think Nothing this is an o- this guy. No, that's the thing. I don't think this is an overplayed story. A lot of a lot of low hanging fruit gets overplayed. I don't think this is because of his importance. He made the two most important plays in the entire divisional round, uh, wild card round. He made the two most important and got the knock that changed the game in game two. So I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be wonderful. Really, really uh, good. Shea, hey, Shea, Shea in the chat made a great point. Vasky is also on the Twins. And, you know, that's another guy. Like, hey, I know their secrets. Like, let me bring you guys in on their secrets. That's nice. It's that, Even if it's not true, it doesn't mean anything in the series. Uh, You know, to have that in your clubhouse, I think, would, would put a little bit of, you know, or calm the team down a little bit as you go into what is going to be a very, very intense environment. By the way, that's Christian Vasquez, for those of you that don't speak code in Minneapolis. Oh, Vasky? Yeah. So, and let's just remember, he was behind the plate last year when they threw the no hitter in the postseason. Uh, Rangers and O's actually going to kick off the divisional round on Saturday. Orioles won 11 more games than the Rangers during the regular season. Lots of young dudes in this series. Who grows up right in front of our eyes? You know, I love me some young dudes. You know, I love it. All right. Especially guys that change their season from the first half into the second half. So I'm going Grayson Rodriguez. Um, since he got the call back, you know, he went down on May 26. Things weren't looking great. He had a seven three five earned run average since he came back. Um, he's made 13 starts uh, in the regular season to a two five eight to a two seven six fit. He's really, you know, just changed everything uh, for this Orioles team. They wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for Grayson Rodriguez. So I think a lot of people in baseball know that. But his overall numbers still aren't great. I think he sits at like a 4-3. So when that flashes on the screen, people are like, oh, this guy, he's just an average pitcher. Uh, But I think he's going to have some really, really good postseason starts. And, you know, that um, the 2-5-8 that he's got over his last 13, I think that starts to be like the kind of pitcher that he is, not the 4-3 guy or the guy that struggled off early in the season. I I think this is kind of more who he is, and people are going to find out. This one goes with an asterisk because chronologically, in terms of age, he is not young. In terms of Major League Baseball appearances, he is. Kyle Bradish, who just completed his second season, at the major league level. So that's why I feel like, even though I think he's 27 years old, that I feel comfortable throwing him in here. He's going to finish, I think, in the top five of the Cy Young voting. I really do. He was that good. And I can't believe it, but he has been. And two starts against Texas this year, want to combine eight and a third. He left one start early because he got hit by a line drive on the foot. 
but eight and a third, gave up one run and five hits. I like him. What's I funny like is, you know, I was reading something that's made a lot of sense to me. I was just doing some research for the show, and they're talking about how uh, first half of the season it was like, uh, we don't know what the starters are going to do for the Orioles, and it's the bullpen that's going to propel us into you know some victories. And now it's kind of flipped a little bit. It's like, oh, we got a bunch of starters, and our bullpen mm-hmm. is, is hurt a little bit. You know, not right. maybe as strong, although they they've been doing just fine. But it, that's kind of the script has flipped, if you will. See Rosie. Now all of a sudden, Baltimore's got more than enough starting pitching. What happened? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, Those be two guys happened. Is what happened. It'll be interesting to see how they attack the last few innings if they have a lead without Felix Bautista. Um, we're going to move ahead to our SeatGeek question of the week. And I want to thank everybody for sending these in because there were a bunch of really good ones. But we're going to end up going here with Sean Anderson. Congratulations. You have earned $1,000 in credit to use at SeatGeek thanks to this awesome question. If you could bring one wild card era player in their prime back to each team to help them make a run in the postseason, who would you bring back to each squad? An example, Ryan Braun to the Brewers to help the offense, you Darvish for the Rangers. Um, obviously, this was sent out while the Brewers were still in contention. We are going to split it up. Ploof's going to do the American League. I'm going to do the National League. We're only going to do the eight teams remaining. Let's alternate. So, Sean, okay. congratulations. Uh, Ploofy, get us started. I have a theme with my answers, and we'll see oh. if you guys can pick them so, up. So, wait, do you want to do, do all four, then, to keep no, your theme? No. You sure? Okay. It, and I only have... I didn't fully do my theme. Anyways, okay. I'll start with the Texas Rangers. What's the problem, Chris, with the Texas Rangers that you love to talk about? Are you trying to add Neftali Feliz to the... Uh... I'm trying to add Joe's Nathans. Oh, okay. Yes. Like uh, that. Two years, I believe, in Texas. I got to get make sure that's right. I think it's two years in Texas. Yeah. Um, 80 saves to six blown saves. That's a much better... A ratio yes. than we've seen this year. So let's put 2011-2012 Joe Nathan, uh, or is it 12 and 13? That's good. It doesn't matter. And by the uh, way, Joe, yeah, 12 and 13. Joe Nathan to the Rangers bullpen. If he's allowed to bring the um, strike zone that he used against Ben Zobrist yeah. that one day, <laughs> then then he's going to be unhittable. Uh, I will start with the Atlanta Braves. Hall of Famer John Smoltz, the best of the big three in the playoffs. Here's what I love about him. You can use him as a starter or a closer, depending on the round we're in, right? Because there's no Charlie Morton, because Max Fried's finger we don't know about. Maybe I use him as a starter against the Phillies, but if they win that round and, you know, Charlie Morton's back, maybe I move him to the pen. 15-4, and four, a 2.67 ERA and 41 playoff appearances, 14 of which were out of the bullpen. 199 playoff strikeouts, only Verlander and Kershaw have more like that i actually thought i had more of a theme and i don't so let's just your go next with my one. answers okay i'll go with the orioles and i am going with a guy who played a long time there had a really nice career i'm going with uh brian roberts at second base wow nice yeah, one i always i always just loved watching him play and you know i feel like if there's a, a spot in that infield where they could use a little bit of you know offensive power and uh you know, I guess he didn't really have power, but, you know, a little bit more of an offensive threat and just a good overall player, Brian Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dodgers, I-, I thought about maybe bringing Piazza back, but we know that Will Smith is a superstar, according to Plouffe. I was thinking of bringing back one of the shortstops, but I'm not going to do that because I love Miguel Rojas too much. 
So what is the one thing that the Dodgers lack behind Clayton Kershaw? It is a veteran presence in that rotation that you feel like you can depend upon. So Zach Greinke, welcome back to L.A. Had a three-year stretch with the Dodgers. 2-3-8 ERA and six starts during those three years with the Dodgers. And he finished second, seventh, and eighth in the Cy Young. Doesn't have amazing playoff numbers overall for his career, but I'm going to go with him. I for the Houston Astros, this one's kind of a no-brainer. A three-headed monster: uh, Verlander, Framber Valdez, and Garrett Cole uh, would be. <laughs> they'd win every they'd win every series. It'd be very scary. So no, that one no. was pretty easy for me. Uh, you know, two years in Houston and his number overall numbers. I mean, he was ridiculous. Uh, 164 ERA plus 65 game starts to a 268 ERA. Uh, he was a beast. Philadelphia, welcome back, Cole Hamels. In particular, your 08 postseason run. Eight shutout against Milwaukee in the opening round. Two starts against the Dodgers in the NLCS, where he was the MVP, an ERA of 193. Two World Series starts against Tampa, an ERA of 277. He was also your World Series MVP. So if you go Hamels, Wheeler, Nola, now we're talking. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, last one for me is the Twins. And this was tough for me because I feel like there's a lot of people I'd like to to bring back. Uh, um, but I would love to see Royce Lewis play with Torrey Hunter. I will remember Torrey was a twin 2015. I would love to see Torrey Hunter in there with Royce Lewis and the things they would do together. I think it'd be amazing. We all know the kind of player Torrey was, the kind of attitude that he brought. You think Torrey Hunter would have that team scared going into Houston? Hell no. Best, best pump-up speeches I've ever heard in my life are from Torrey Hunter. This guy would have them ready to play ball. I would love to see those two guys together. So I've gone all pitching to this point, so I want to get to the position players for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm taking my 01 version of Luis Gonzalez. 57 homers, 142 ribs, a 1-1 OPS, a war of over seven. Right now their best OPS player is Corbin Carroll. He's not even at 870 for the season. So give me that power stick. Okay. You know, biggest knock in franchise history. Good dude. Still looks Rip. good, too. Yeah, I mean, he looks amazing. And he raised triplets. Anybody who raised triplets, you're okay in my book. So there you go. Sean Anderson, thank you so much. Enjoy your $1,000 spending spree at SeatGeek. If you want to take Ploof somewhere, go do that. You don't want to take me because that's not – you don't get any cool points for that one. But thank you so much. And thanks to everybody. I think we're going to do this again next week. So we'll let you know on Monday's show about that opportunity. Uh, enjoy the divisional round, everybody. This was a blast. So much fun. And we will see you again next week. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. Thanks for tuning in to Baseball Today.